welcome to another episode of the Victory Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Henry Watson. And so I wanted to get into the second half of this episode four around, um, in the first episode, I talked a bit about my Katrina story and some of that gave some good tips about emergency response. And in the second episode, I wanted to talk about, um, what it was like living abroad and mind you, it was Canada, full disclosure. It's not really as, as abroad as some more unique destinations across the world, but it was a, an experience living far away um, from your core group, right? Your support system. So I want to talk a bit about that. And so hope you stay tuned. So welcome to part two and thank you for joining me. If you haven't checked out the first part, I do encourage you to go back and listen, go back and listen to the earlier episodes as well. If you haven't caught those out. Um, so let's get into it. I wanted to talk a bit in this episode was what it was like living abroad. I get this question a lot when I kind of give the rundown of who I am, what I've done, where I've worked. And so part of that centers around the year and a half I spent living in Calgary, Canada, where Calgary is for my geographic scholars is if you look at the United States and look at where Montana is and go north, that's the province of Alberta, and in there, shortly above across the border, is Calgary. Um, just a little background as how I would describe Calgary. It's a very um, oil and gas-centric town. I liken it, and they liken themselves to a sister city in the United States like Houston, where that's a big part of their industry. With that comes some volatility in the markets there because of that. Um, but it was a great place. I don't, without looking at numbers, majority breakdown, definitely not quite as diverse as far as visible diversity um, compared to other parts of Canada. I visited Toronto while I lived there, and that's a little bit more likened to New York, where you have people from all over the globe, um, a lot of visible diversity present. Um, Calgary, not as much. Um, So that presented its own challenges as an African-American woman there with my boyfriend at the time, a domestic partner, I think that we were officially registered as. Um, and just having not that visible diversity was, was uh, different. Coming from New Orleans, which is a majority African-American city, probably the numbers post-Katrina are like 40-something, 50-something percent African-American, um, some other percentage Caucasian, and then a host of other different minorities and backgrounds. So a, a visibly diverse city um, going to a way less visibly diverse city. So that was, that was its own challenge. Um, so some of the things that I learned while living there, I mean, work stuff aside, was to how important and how different it is being away from your home core group. In, in essence, in paper, I've lived in other places. I've, as I've talked in the past, I lived in Virginia when we were growing up, lived in New Orleans. But ultimately, as I look back, I always had some sort of home core group, core foundation, your family, your parents, uh, grandparents, cousins, uh, close family friends always at least some network of that present. Um, Even in going to undergrad, went back to the DC area, same going back to the roots of my um, background. So it was was different and more challenging than I realized that of living somewhere where you really don't know anyone. Um, You're meeting people at work for the first time. And if anyone's ever moved anywhere different, whether that's in the US, across abroad, um, it's really hard, especially as an adult, to make new friends, kids, are a little bit more pliable, right? You have still forming your network of friends and that can still be challenging, even speaking, moving from Virginia to New Orleans. But it's even more so as an adult, I find. 
because it's a bit of you already have your network on the weekends you know you meet people especially if you move for work you meet people at work and a lot of times their weekend plans are filled with their own family activities right so people who have kids people who take care of loved ones whatever their kind of activities that they do outside of work and they incorporating into that can be challenging but i'd encourage anyone who's who's moving abroad who's living in a new place to still seek out those folks and and look for other places where you can join a community um my look I didn't find, but I still searched out for a church home, some place that I felt akin to that would that I could connect with. I didn't run across it, and that was fine, and it still worked out, and I at least had my, like I said, I had my husband there with me, well, husband, boyfriend at the time, but husband, so we at least were each other's network. We did meet some great people at work, Vanda, who I've had on the show on episode two, maybe? Um, where she's talked about on her podcast, we stay friends with her, we catch up. Oftentimes it's, it's through podcasting we catch up. Um, but we met really great people. But being open to meeting new people, um, understanding that they may have a different background, ideas, viewpoints, what have you, um, but to at least form some sort of connection. I met a lot of great people at my work, including Vanda. Um, so I'd encourage if you're living in a new place, still try and, it might be a little challenging, but still try and make make a space for yourself in those spaces, right? So that was its own beast. And I, I spent a lot of time, and we'll get a little bit more on the other side. And if you don't like it, oh well, plug your ears, hold on. Um, but I spent a lot of time talking with God during that time. And I liken it to, um, you know, times in the Bible where, you know, I prayed before, like I was part of this program that involved moving for my job, potentially at least one geographic move. And um, in that time, I had in my mind where I thought I was going to go, where I wanted to go in my mind, was somewhere regionally close to where I was, somewhere, you know, where I knew people, I kind of have a couple of connections I can make. Um, But ultimately, during that process, I prayed heavily about, you know, letting God lead the way. Let you know, lead the people who are selecting the positions about where you're going to go next, lead them in the way that God would have me to go. And this position honestly was not anywhere on my radar, not anywhere I thought for, not a position I was really excited for, anything like that. No, no issue about the position just didn't speak to me in that way. And so when they told me that, hey, you're going to go to Calgary, I was like, cool, cool in that, you know, an abroad assignment, something different. There's a nice financial dynamic that that goes into that with a large Fortune 500 companies and you're doing what's called an expatriate, you know, moving away from your home country to another country for either short term in my case or um, for the foreseeable future. So there's a nice little bump that they give you for that kind of inconvenience of being away from your core network, right? Being in a different country, especially depending on where you go in the world, the customs, English, all that could be totally different. This was not so much so, but still different, right? So yeah, I stepped into that idea of, okay, now this is where I'm going. Okay, fine. And I I really prayed about, um, and my sister-in-law, God bless her, Fran, if you listen, woo-woo, gave me a good little going away present. And it was a prayer of Jabaz that's in the Bible. And I'll have to look up the chapter and verse and I'll put that in the show notes. But it's centered around where I prayed about, Lord, enlarge my territory. Um, and the idea of like making my impact and my exposure in this world 
larger in whatever way he saw fit. In my mind, it was where I thought I wanted to be regionally in the Houston area. In, in God's mind, it was bringing me to Canada. And maybe it was to meet, and I look back now, and it's to meet great people. The type of experience I gained through that job, though not what I thought I wanted, was actually very, I think, beneficial to where I am now. Um, but of course you don't see that. And that's why I often encourage people to pray about when they're getting ready for a next move or there's something uncertain ahead of them, pray about it. Open up your prayer life even leading into that decision. Be open to communicating and communing with God. Um, it's so important. And the more you spend time in scriptures and spend time with God, talking with God. And look, and I talked to this about someone in my new church in uh, the California area where I live, was about, you know, it's okay. In my, and it's my opinion. You can disagree. You know, we all have opinions. But it's my okay. It's okay to talk to God, like, in a very straightforward way. I talk to God in a very, like, hey, I feel this way. This is how I feel. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm upset. I don't understand. Help me understand, Lord. Help me. Um, in a very real way. A lot of times in the olden church, especially in old African-American churches, um, you run into this kind of traditional way that people believe they're supposed to pray, like, here I come, bended knee and head bowed and all this kind of very tradition and style that's supposed to happen. And some people feel intimidated into prayer. Um, and this gets a, a bit on a tangent, but we'll, we'll bring it back to the Canada stuff. But people feel intimidated when it comes to prayer, I find, that I interact. Well, I don't pray very well. I'm, oh, that person over there, they're really good at praying. Especially in your personal prayer life, being comfortable in front of people, like if you had to pray in church in front of others, that is something to get adjusted to. And it should be less, and it's less about the praying itself and sometimes just people's comfort with standing in front of people. Even people's eyes are closed, they can still hear your voice and that you can feel, maybe you feel like they're, they're noticing and they're going to say something. Um, but in prayer in general, especially in your private, in your prayer closet or prayer room, prayer car, wherever you pray to God, spend time with God, be real with him. He's real with you. He's hundred percent real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Um, so be real with him. Be spare your feelings. Don't be afraid. And you should be able to, and I encourage you and implore you to cry out to God because he hears you. He's there listening for you and he's looking for you to be real and then be receptive to his answer. And I struggle with this of sometimes he gives me an answer and I'm like, really? And I question it a little bit and push push back a bit against it. Even starting this podcast was part of that. I questioned it. I pushed back against it. I was like, but Lord, wait, I don't understand. I'm not ready. I'm not this. Moses did the same thing. Why me, Lord? You know, don't send me. Send somebody else. Um, but God puts the people he wants to do the things that he wants to the further men of the kingdom, to save souls, to bring folk closer to him. So, you know, follow it. So yeah, going to Canada, that was not, in my mind, it was not where I thought I was going to go. And it was an interesting challenge even running into having ultimately my boyfriend come with me. We we talked about it. I said, hey, this is something different than you know us moving somewhere regionally close, somewhere in the United States. It's a different dynamic. And I know it's not a where we thought we were going to go. And I still want you to go with me, was my idea. And I, but I understood the challenges of that, the flip side, right? He was working for a company, didn't love his job, actually far from it, but it was a job. And in the olden thought process and, and, and a rational thought, and I think going back of hindsight being 2020, would I have asked him to step away from that, to join me on this? 
knowing about how much challenges he would run into afterwards? Probably not. Um, but it's the understanding that you're going to both step out on faith on something. And we both stepped out on faith in this, in this endeavor together. So it's just important to be prepared for what God's plans for you are. And, you know, in the Bible, it says, God, know, I know God says this, not me, but um, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans, I know, plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you hope in a future and give you your expected end. So his plans are always better, greater, more thought out than any plans we could ever make for ourselves. So we moved to Canada. We moved up there in like the most Canadian style. Um, we went up there and the day we got there, it started snowing, started snowing heavily several inches. And we were in it to win it. We were there and just navigating, moving to a new place. Thankfully with the expatriate kind of activity, they pay for your housing. Um, so that was nice. So we lived very close to the office. That was nice. Um, but it was its own thing. It's winter, we're from New Orleans. My husband had never really experienced a full snow. I grew up in Virginia, so it wasn't foreign to me, but still been out of practice for it. So snow and that environment and salted cars and dealing with the dogs and not having a yard because we lived in a condo high rise so we could be close to the office. And it was great. We didn't have a car. We decided not to get any kind of a car while we were there, which was its own challenge yet exciting, which is why I love and have fallen in love even more so with public transit. Um, it's nice to have that option if you have it. And unfortunately, in a lot of major cities across the country and the world, that's not as available. Um, so I hope if there's any city folks listening, it's very important. It's really handy and people will use it. Invest in it in the front end. It'll pay dividends in the back end of where people are going and where our cities are going in the future. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it was an exciting time. Um, and it was an interesting time as well, professionally speaking. Um, I was working for a New Orleans gas company and in 2015, when we were moving there, um, that was at the same time when a big dip in the oil, um, price of oil went down significantly, um, which is fine for the folks at the pump um, because your price often will then equally go down. But for those within the industry, that can present its own challenges. Um, it makes it a lot harder to do and have support functions like myself in health and safety and so you start having to do the hard things as a company, right? They have to start doing cutbacks. Where can we reduce our overhead costs when the prices are this much so we can still be profitable, we can still pay people, all those kind of things. So yeah, living in Canada was interesting. I spent a lot of time, so we would walk the dogs. I would walk them in the mornings. My husband, um, who was working remotely for a while, um, would walk them in the afternoons and evening. We only had one dog at the time, because that chewy. Um, but I spent a lot of time on our walk, my walk with God, spent a lot of time listening to gospel music and spending time with the Lord. It was early in the morning, especially in the winter, it's further north. Winter, the early mornings, the sun wouldn't come out until much later in the morning, like eight, nine o'clock. Um, and then the sun would go down, especially in the shorter as you get towards like November, December. Could, so the days were quite short, so it could be a little bit sad. A lot of people, and including people I knew personally, suffer from seasonal affective disorder which is the idea of this like seasons being having a f effect and depression so the amount of lack of sun and all that there are ways to cope with that there are a lot of great tools <clears throat> if you or someone you know has seasonal affective disorder i encourage you to look into resources about uv lights 
therapies, all the good things. Um, look into it. There's a lot of great information out on the internet. So, but I spent a lot of time because I couldn't really find a church that I really was feeling as far as what I look for into a church. Um, I wanted to go somewhere that was close, walkable. I didn't know of too many places that were too far. The few folks that I did know at church were like different denominations. So it's a little bit different in our faith walk and our little bit of our beliefs. So that's fine, but it just wasn't for me. So I spent a lot of time on my own and it actually brought me a lot closer. I spent a lot of time reading my Bible. I think it really grew my relationship with God, which maybe was part of his intent, who knows. Um, but it was really powerful and I spent a lot of time with him. So I encourage people, if you're in a season of moving to a new place, a new job, I'm doing something new, different, hard, challenging, that's not the time to move away from God. That's actually the time you should be moving closer to God and spending more time with him. So please continue that if you haven't started, if you're thinking about it because you're getting ready for a move, even if you're in a place that you normally are, there's always good to break in more time with the Lord. Um, it really is helpful. It helps my emotional state. It helps to have someone to kind of decompress to that isn't your spouse because maybe it's about them. Who knows? It isn't someone at work because maybe it's about them. Who knows? Um, but it's someone who is with a listening ear and has the best advice possible. It was an interesting time living in Canada as well. I experienced my first ever migraine, um, which for my migraine sufferers who may be listening, I had no idea until then. My husband suffers from migraines, has from off and on, has for our entire relationship. I had no idea the intensity and bewilderment and discomfort and any other words that just how horrible they can be. Um, mine, unfortunately, the first time they came on was not just one, it was a sustained migraine for seven days. And it was horrible. And I'm 100% convinced it was stress-induced, the stress of the business, um, the stress of the supervisor I had at the time, all the things um, combined into having that migraine. And so I could not function. I could not sleep. I don't really think I really slept much over those seven days. I kind of more passed out when I was awake. I was in a great deal of discomfort. I ended up having to follow up with a neurologist. We got some medicine that was able to break the migraine. Um, and then... If anyone's familiar with large companies, a certain amount of time away puts you into this like disability state and you kind of have to be cleared to return to work. And that's, that's a bit of a process. So once my migraine was like subsided, I was like, okay, I'm ready to come back. But there's a whole process that's involved in a lot of larger companies um, to do that and making sure all the paperwork is straight, that your pay gets straight during that process, all of the things. So going through that was hard and challenging. I, I'm going to be honest with folks. I did go through a period of being a, a smidge of depression, I would say. I'd classify it as. Um, the stress of the job, everything, not being able to return to work, being stressed out from my supervisor poking me the whole time. When you come back, when you come back, when you come back, when you come back was a lot. And it just felt like I had no control over anything. And anybody who really knows me, I don't think I'm controlling as in making people do things, but I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be perfect. So things I don't have the bounds about, right? I have a plan and we stick to the plan and it's well organized. But when you don't have control over your circumstances, it's really challenging. And so I just went through a, a moment where I broke down and honestly, legitly broke down in our apartment condo. And I said, I need to talk to someone. And I just needed to talk to someone now because I was getting scary thoughts start to pervade your mind and consciousness. 
and I just had to stop. And that was, I've always been a proponent for using mental health services. I had never up to that point ever used them myself. A lot of companies that are out there offer EAP services. I am a huge, huge proponent of people using the EAP services when you need them. That's what they're there for. Companies pay a lot of money to retain those services. Um, so I ended up using EAP services. I called them, had to work, figure out how to get a session set up. I was able to find someone to do on the phone counseling so I didn't have to go anywhere. And even as a person who gives advice and I was a lot of the same things we got into in conversation of what are you trying to achieve? What can you actually control? So those things are out of your control. That was some of the stuff the coach, the um, healthcare advisor, um, counselor, whatever her title was, um, said to me, it's like, okay, what can you control? Did you eat today? And I was like, no, I didn't. And just being, realizing, control the things you can control and try not to worry about the things you can't and the process that will work. And things that I have told people, but sometimes when you're in the middle, in the thick of it, of a round of depression, anxiety, whatever, it's really hard, as the saying goes, to see the forest through the trees. So to be able to step back in that moment and say, no, okay, what can I do? And for me, since it wasn't, I haven't in general suffered with depression, it's different if you do suffer with depression. We talked a bit about that with clinical depression and long-term depression that Vanda has been challenged with, but it's not. she's not a depressed person. She's a person that battles this. And just being aware of it, having people around you, you can recognize that something's different and to get you the help that you need. Um, whether that's a psychiatrist with medicines, that's absolutely fine. There is no judgment there. Whatever you need to, to be your best possible self, that's what you need to get. Um, so that was a powerful time. So I came back off of that. And then the cuts started getting closer and closer as far as layoffs with this price of oil changing. So we started looking, I started looking at other opportunities in other industries. Health and safety translates across industries, right? My experience might be in, um, in an oil and gas environment, but the same principles of industrial hygiene, health, safety, compliance apply across industries. So I started looking around, checking out opportunities. They repatriated me to the United States in kind of a holding pattern. Um, and so, yeah, that was a, a crazy time. And eventually it worked out that I got into a higher position than I probably would have had to work another 10 years, 10, 15 years within the company I was with to versus the company I'm with now at a much higher position, much better pay. Price of living is higher out here, but... It's got a great title benefit and you know a, an amazing opportunity and great people and so sometimes the things that you know challenge you and make you do things or you know whether it's a layoff or cuts at your job or either by choice uh, a relationship ending that end up putting you in the right direction that god would have you to go um, because sometimes we won't go there on our own or we don't have the opportunity to get there on our own but we're pushed into a situation that we must respond and so then you're pushed into the situation of the cuts are coming closer. I don't want to be without a job. How do I do this? Um, boom. That was that opportunity. And it worked out. All things working together. All things work together for the good of those who are called into his purpose. Um, so yeah, that's my second half. It's a little bit shorter of an episode. Canada time was only a year and a half. We repatriated back in the United States, went back to New Orleans for a while, and then now we're out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Having a good time, trying to figure out how to live there because it's so expensive, but um, enjoying it ultimately. The great weather 
especially. So thank you for joining me on the second half. It's a bit shorter, but still, I think a wonderful time. And I encourage everyone, um, so a couple of take-home notes. Be open to what God has for you, understanding that your plans and his plans may differ, but go with his. They're always better. It'll get you on the way in the journey in which fulfills your purpose. Um, Try and find a tribe or your network or your your people when you're in a new place, whether it's connecting with people at work, outside of work, um, finding a church, finding a running club, finding something to make a connection. It'll help you in those tough times where things are stressful at work or what have you, or to help to grow and just feel more comfortable and feel like your new home is really home. And then stay flexible and open and listen to to the changes that might happen after that and stay open. Um, so I encourage everyone to do that. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything. And thanks for listening on this second half. So thanks again for listening for the second half of the Victory Podcast. So I like to always close with um, a bit of housekeeping, right? So how can you find us? How can you tell people, other people around us, share this podcast episode in whatever form you're listening to, whether it's on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find ours. Um, So if you just search the Victory Podcast and you'll see our uh, little logo with the man holding the flag, blue and white colors. That's this podcast. There's a lot of other similarly named or titled podcasts, um, but you can find this everywhere that they have them. And stay tuned for other episodes. We'll have an f- episode probably next month. I try and do this monthly as best able. Um, episode next month will center around some career stuff um, with a couple of folks that I got to interview. So stay tuned for that and uh, share this with people who you know who you might find it encouraging. If you're interested on being on the podcast or you know someone who might have a really great story to share about being victorious, whether it's in their personal life, their career, um, what have you, reach out to us. So go to thevictorypodcast.com. That's T-H-E-V-I-C-T-O-R-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. So thevictorypodcast.com. You can find all of these episodes there, the links to those. You can also find and reach out to us through the contact form. I monitor that, so feel free to send me a note. You have questions, feedback. I welcome, welcome, welcome feedback. Any kind of ideas, tips, tricks, any of that for those who are podcasters or radio personalities or whatever, Um, some maybe ideas. Or if you just know somebody, you're like, hey, I have a friend who probably would be really interested. Let's make those connections so that we can share those lessons of being victorious, whether it's around grief or careers or personal tragedies or whatever it is. So please do that. Please share. You can find us on all the social media platforms. Um, We're at Facebook, The Victory Pod, Twitter, The Victory Pod, um, all of those things. So Victory Pod, Victory Podcast. Um, That's The Victory Pod. So you see, if you see the blue and white, The Victory Podcast, Be Victorious with the Little Man with the Flag, that's our logo. That's our information. So look for us there. Thank you so much for listening. I really thank you so much. And please don't hesitate to to reach out. Um, Once again, I'll hit hit it with the sign-off line. Every problem has a solution. It's whether you're willing to do the work to find it. Let's do the work and be victorious. Bye-bye.